Good evening, this is Three Valleys Radio. It's Monday night and it's time for another session of Football Bloody Hell. On the show tonight we've got Mr. Tom Whites. Dave Hilda Pryor. Ricky Hyatt. Paul Thorpe. And little old me. So let's settle down for a good old bit of football banter. Come on, Inter. Three. Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of... Football Bloody Hell. And we are now on episode 99 of this very, very (laughs) distinguished podcast right here on Three Valleys Radio. And my guest this evening, as you've just heard, Mr. A.D. Hopper. Hello, I'm fine. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Well, I'm not, well. Actually, I'm not fine at all. I'm, I'm <laughs> fed up. But anyway, I'm sure we'll get to that. Yeah, I'm sure we will. <laughs> Mr Thorpe is here. How you doing, Paul? Very, very well. I must say, AD's just got a normal day then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, normal day, old dog, definitely. But, but lovely to be here and uh, hide all the listeners. Normal day for you, Mr Rick Hyatt? Uh, yeah, ish. What's Thorpey doing here? Are all the golf clubs closed? Sorry? Are all the golf clubs closed today? You can spare us. No, I've just been... Uh, it's called hard work on a, on a building site, so, uh, you know... It's... I've just been doing some myself, so I know that feeling. Yes, hello, Hilda. But... I'm very well, thank you. And lastly, we've got uh, Mr Tommy White, who joins us. How are you doing, Tom? Evening, gang. How are we doing? Evening, listeners. Yeah, very well. A bit like Thorpey. Uh, just literally about to start on my suit in between conversations, having just got in from work. Are you are you gutted that you're on episode ninety nine and just missed out on the big one hundred? Do you know I prefer <laughs> I prefer ninety nine to be honest. You know, with a flake. Like well, it's the chocolate. Like it's the chocolate you you want, isn't that really? In the no, 99. I gave up chocolate. <laughs> I gave up chocolate nine years ago, and I've had none since. Oh. Nine years ago. Yeah. So no, but um. Yeah, no, I look to be different. I, I know I'm probably not valuable enough to you to be on episode 100, but I understand. <laughs> and Adrian, Adrian gave up chocolate nine seconds ago. How's it going, <laughs> Oh, well, actually, Rick, really well. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. What's yeah. that, yeah. curly Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. What's on the menu then, Tom? Um, three bean chilli soup from oh, Tesco. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm on a diet, mate. You're out in the garden, aren't you? I am now, yeah. It's lovely and sunny out. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to enjoy it out here. Well, it's not bad down here either, but I can't take the computer out in the garden very easily. No, fair enough. Yeah. Other soups from other supermarket outlets are also available. <laughs> they are. But 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 they require more travel. Uh, anyway, look, this is a football podcast, not a soup <laughs> podcast. 
I mean, are there such things as soup podcasts, I ask myself? I'd rather talk about soup, to be honest. <laughs> Maybe we could start one. Yeah. Yes. I, I'll put forward three bean chilli soup. <laughs> <laughs> Then maybe you'll get onto episode 100 with that. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Find your member. Well, um, as always, Ed, we'll do a little bit of um, Yeovil chat. Um, AD, I'll, I'll throw it to you first of all, because you've seen that Mr. Hellier, he does want to um, bring the uh, Yeovil women's football team more to the forefront because of the situations that's happened over the last couple of years. Well documented that, of course, they did get up to the top flight but they just missed out really because when they got to the top flight it was just before all the sky sports money then went in into the league and then we know what happened ever since then so it would be good for the town another feather in the cap of mr hellier if he can get that going again yeah absolutely and, and he's what 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 i like about him i mean apart from he's just as far as i'm concerned he's just a nice guy but he's one of these people that he's come in and he, he is determined to hit the ground running. And he certainly hit the ground running. I mean, the, the things that he's achieved in less than, what, is it two weeks, three weeks at the most, I expect, isn't it? Um, you know, they're, they're, they've got the uh, the ladies' team up and running again. They're, they're going to uh, reinstigate the academy for all the, uh, the young kids and the teams. Uh, you know, they've got all these seats being done in the ground. There's no end of stuff going on. And... You know, great. He's one of these people that makes things happen. And I like people that make things happen. And that's why you boys are on the podcast, because you make things happen. So, Thorpe, I'm going to throw it to you. I'm sure you're just going to echo what AD said there. Yeah, absolutely. But um, we must really appreciate as well, because, you know, it's his hard-earned money that he's putting in. Um, he's had some successful businesses and... Um, but it, it still has takes a, a lot to actually keep on uh, putting your money where your mouth is, and I, I, I have to compliment uh, Miss Hellier because he's he's actually done exactly what he said so far. And to be, it's it's a it's a breath of fresh air to all the the old town supporters that we've actually got someone that is actually doing that, and um, and he sees the benefit of having a successful business instead of um, uh, sitting there waiting for it to happen and hoping it happens. He's actually putting some money in to try and make it happen, you know, and give Mark Cooper the best tools that he can. But I, I must reiterate that the importance uh, nowadays to have not only youth development scheme coming right up through, which the last successful one, with, to be honest, we had with Steve Rutter and Paul Wilson, which wasn't allowed to, to develop because they put players forward to sign and the management at that time didn't, didn't uh, sign. But uh, also to, um, it's a really bold move, but a really valuable move to, to get the, the ladies' um, team going again. And I think that that could be, you know, because, I, I mean, I used to go along with my family to, to the last time when it was at Yeovil, and um, the crowds were great. The atmosphere was really good. It was a real family atmosphere, and I thought it was absolutely superb. So I'm all in favour of, uh, of getting, uh, getting that, uh, that together. But also not easy, because you've got to get the quality of player uh, through through uh, playing for Yeovil as well. Tommy, has your cat got an opinion on the subject? Not yet, mate, but you probably will hear him soon enough. <laughs> he, he sees me eating food and he thinks it's obviously some of us <laughs> for him. But um, anyway, back to what we're chatting about. Yeah, no, it's, I think it's fantastic. And in fairness, it's a, 
it's a wise and astute move to bring the women's football back because if you think about it, I mean, I'm not quite sure where in the ladder they'll be allowed to start off, but the the journey from wherever they start to the Premier League of Women wouldn't be that far. Now, I know obviously there'll be a lot of a hell of a lot of hard work to do within that, but as we've all seen, as you've just discussed, over the last few years, women's football's become very, very, very popular and the quality of, of the football has improved significantly and the um, publicity and the media that the, the lady football, footballers are, are getting um, is is vast. And, um, you know, like I said, to, to start a team off or to restart a team um, with, you know, we do have a bit of a history, especially in the southwest for it. Um, it's a fantastic move, I think, and, and I wish them all the best. Rick, I'll come to you. We've spoken about how this feels like a little bit of a a reset, kind of a flagship moment, really, for Yeovil Town. And now just seems as good a time as any, really, to to start that venture again. And then the men's and women's team will sort of feel like it's aligned. Yeah. Yeah, it is clean slate, perfect after so many... Say it was they didn't even get to the stage of being full storms, did they? It's just after the jet gradual decline over the last six or seven years to finally have some positive news and it's it's coming in left, right and centre, which is is uh, is a good thing. And anything that Mr. Hellier can reinstigate or maybe even reinstate would be uh well good seriously. That's the perfect <laughs> word, you might say. Perfect oh, I did like it is re reinstigate. Would you like to, what would you like to reinstigate, Tom? <laughs> Sorry, it tickles me. I love a play on words. Just I never got off the cuff now, but I had one at work once. This guy, this guy used one. Um, instead of saying liaise with people, he used to say Leonese. <laughs> <laughs> Olympic Leonese. <laughs> I couldn't help it. In the meeting once, I had to stop him and say, mate, that is a classic. Leonese, I'll Leonese with the other contractor. Oh, brilliant! <laughs> Do you think he could he could Leonese to reinstigate something? <laughs> oh, sorry, oh, I've got right off on a tangent. He's looking up someone else in his thesaurus. <laughs> no, but it's all good from a, from a yoga point of view. It's, it's positive and the sun's shining, and uh, I think everyone's really looking forward to the season. More than it's just nice to have a good feeling about the club that's been missing for a little while. Well, there's a couple yeah, more friendlies that have now been yeah. um, added to the mix as well. Um, well, the sooner the better, isn't it? Really, I think everyone's chomping at the bit to get going. Um, one of your what games have we got now? One, one of your former teams, um, Thorpe Newport County, have been added to the bill. Brilliant, fantastic, decent level game. Yeah, that's a, it's a really, really good uh, one because they, they had a, um, a little bit of a dip in form and they've sort of come back a little bit. So I think that would be a really good... Something you can actually judge uh, Yeovil Town on, hopefully going into the season. I think that one would have to be quite a serious game because, you know, sort of build up. Is it What what sort of game is that? Um, you know, actually, is that the first, one, second, third game? Do we know? So that will be, I think... Towards the end, he yeah, says. See that? So I think we can start gauging how that we sort of like go into that game. You know, I know people sort of like say, "Oh, well, we can't look anything into the pre-season games." Certain games, I know. Don't know about Tom. Uh, think about that. You know, the gaffer used to come into us and say, "Right, this one's. You know, we want to see where we are. This is the one we've got to look at. So we want a decent result today, and um, you know, hopefully that could be one that we sort of gauge over and see how they're developing and how they're." Um, 
uh, you know how, how we can hopefully see a decent start to the season. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, just because you know it's it's a preseason friendly. I mean, that word should be abolished for me. Friendly. I mean, hmm. don't get me wrong. Um, you know, you don't want to be stupid. You don't want to be reckless. You don't want to be trying to injure people. Um, but at the same stage, you know, every time you step on the pitch and you represent your club, you know, people are watching. Whether that's someone in the stand, the chairman, a board member, the, the supporter, the fan, the ball boy, someone's always watching. And I'm not being you know, for me, you need to impress every single time you try and play. Now, yeah. like I said, you can, you can, you know, like I said, not go reckless and try to hurt people. And if there's a 50-50, I could understand why some people may not be as full, fully hearted as to, as to going in for that challenge. But for me, you should. Uh, it's still a game that you're looking to win. And like I said, you know, it, it breeds confidence and things like that. I mean, you know, playing a league club, I mean, you know, Getting any sort of close result in a close game would be a fantastic uh, achievement and result for a team, you know, in the league that we find ourselves in now. Does it make sense, Tommy, as well, that they've put that one towards the end of the schedule? So, um, for instance, I've got the the full schedule here, and it's a sort of a mix of teams, really, because it's away at Buckland Athletic, then away at Wimborne, away to Tiverton, away to Dorchester, away to AFC Totten. Then it's at home to Newport County and then away to Plymouth Parkway. So a bit of a mix in there. Yeah, yeah, I think that's kind of, to be honest, I was dreading you saying that Newport was the last game uh, because generally people, you know, you'd like to go into your league campaign off the back of a victory and, and you know, full of, full of confidence. So I'm glad that it's not the last game. So that makes perfect sense. Um and yeah, at the end of the day, you, you know, you want a few home games, don't you? The fans want to be able to see you play at home as well. You need to I was just going to say about that. It looks like that most, of, most of the uh, fixtures have been scheduled for away. I don't know if that's got anything on. I know that um, Hellier, since he's gone in there, he has made some improvements to the stadium, etc. Whether or not they want to get think, that in a top-notch I, position before they... I, I think it tends to be the, the lower the club tends to be at home. So obviously now that Yeovil are where they are, they, they may you may finally get a few more league clubs um, down for friendlies, um, maybe, if other clubs are up for that, because obviously, you know, they'll all be looking at what, what teams they want to play, what games they want to fit in now. So it might be that, you know, they still get a couple more home games, um, but they would be against people in higher divisions, I would assume. So, um, yeah, that tends to be the way that it goes. Um, when you get, sorry, jumping in, so when you get the, uh, the, the Leicester sides, uh, you know, they... They obviously want to like try and you know show how good they are again, especially when Yeovil Town uh, turn up. So that they they're going to get a good workout. So their leg work will be you know in the first probably four games is going to be um, there. The Tiverton game, you know, we, we know Martin down there is he's not going to want to lose. So that's going to be a little bit of a test. As we, then then the Newport game really comes on just at the right time. Um, I know when Gary Johnson was at uh, Yeovil, uh, I was up at Froome uh, managing and. Um, you know, a couple of times he actually asked me to come up and set up a certain way um, for a, like a midweek evening game just for like a training session. But he wanted me to set up a certain way like the other team that they were going to be playing would set up um, and then just to see, uh, you know, how, how they would respond to certain things. Obviously, the quality, you know, uh, we would work as hard as we could, but we obviously realised the quality wasn't going to be up, up to their standard. But... It was, I think, that he uh, appreciated it and, and it gave them a good workout in, and looking at how they were going to deal with their formation. How yeah. many, um, how many fixtures in in pre season would you say is the norm? Because 
Aid, I'll just throw it to, to you a moment because I, I make it seven fixtures, which seems more than usual for Yeovil Town's um, pre-season um, he might be looking, he might be looking sorry to fight he might, he might be looking at try lists and things along some of those yeah. games as well so he'll need a few and then like I said nearly closer to the season will be the proper games where hopefully he's got a squad of something about what he's looking to keep and you know an idea of a starting 11 I suppose I think a lot will depend on on how he treats each game because there always used to be two or three games in the pre-season that were the were more the sort of uh under 18 side that was uh, in existence at the time so you you kind of didn't really treat them as being sort of full blown you know pre-season games really they were but not in the in the, in the accepted sense if you like so um i would say yes i agree with tom it is more than usual i would have thought but uh having said that um it's a question of how many of those is he going to treat as as First team full full blown team games, or is he going to treat some of them as um, you know under eighteen or or B team games, whatever you want to call them? Yeah, I think the the I was going to say issue. It's not the issue. It's just where Yeovil find themselves. We touched on it last week that um, Yeovil would probably look to the loan their youth players out to the division that they find themselves in. So because that they're in that situation this year, Rick, you might find that the whole squad is utilised for Yeovil rather than the youngsters getting loaned out because if they have to get loaned out now they're going to have to go further down the pyramid aren't they unless they loan them into the same division which is probably unlikely very unlikely I would have thought at this level I mean it's just it's game time isn't it it's whether or not is that a huge problem for the development well that's what you need isn't it you learn more playing a game than you do training and you, if you can train with play against people of a similar standard, if you're going to drop down too far, you're not going to you're not going to gain an awful lot, are you? So, and it depends on the workload of the players as well. You know how many fixtures are coming up. You get good couple of good cut runs. You could you could do with a deeper squad. Is that the oval chat done, boys? Are we done? No, I, will, I will just add one thing. All of those Go places on. have got decent de- decent playing subs. I know it's going to be start of the season. You know, but Buckland is a really big pitch. You know, what about the, uh, what about the, what about the pies? They got good pies. They got good pies. Yeah, down there. What about uh, soup? Winborn, excellent yeah, pies. What's the soup like? Summer, middle of the summer. <laughs> uh, they, they they don't have a three bean soup though, so a chili uh, soup. So uh, yeah. give yeah, that one you know, a miss. There's a niece. There's a niece even, there. Yeah, even at, at Totten, I played at you know at, at Parkway. So they're all decent, you know, uh, pitches to play on. So. You know, it's, it's, it's that maybe that's one of the factors of going to these clubs. Um, yeah, and you know. he may have had conversations with the managers as well. You know, like you're saying earlier, to maybe change formation at half time. You know, maybe go like you said four four two and then try a four yeah. three three or a three five two, and, and they both might mix it up a little bit. And um, you know, he might even be looking at some of those players. You know, yeah. thinking, are any of these able to to step up to what to, to my squad? Am I, is there any area? Have you got any rough diamonds that I could look at? Yeah, but also like you said, Tom, you know, he might be wanting to offload some of the young, younger players to maybe yeah. look at the, the, integrate them in, into, say, like a Tiverton or a yeah. Parkway uh, or even yeah. a Wimborne with their new with their new ground. I know we touched on it a little bit last week, but just who do we all collectively consider to be the main uh, opposition, if you like, other than Torquay? So I heard a little rumour that. Um, Weymouth have actually I'm not not spent big but I think they've had a little bit of a turnover 
um, since surviving on the last day of the season. And I think, generally speaking, they're sort of expected to be back up there, getting back into the conference. So obviously, if that turned out to be the case, then it could be quite the ding-dong with obviously the history between mm. Yeovil and Weymouth. Well, yeah, exactly. But that sort of Bath City, are they? Taunton? I mean... I presume those are going to be the sort of names we're going to be talking about. I, think I, I did hear as well that Worthing have invested um, quite heavily like at that level. And I think they yeah. just missed out. I think they got to the semi-finals of the playoffs. I think they're expected probably to push on and, and go again. Maidstone got relegated with Yeovil and Torquay. So you'd probably expect them to be in the mix as well. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, won't, it won't, be, won't be easy, but... He's got his work cut out, obviously, but um, hopefully, you know, Yeovil would certainly be a, a big draw to players, you'd imagine, to who are in and around that level, who, you know, got a chance it's to go. And, a, the the expectation is going to be the thing that, that could kill him, I think, if, if anything does, because the expectation is going to be so strong. People think, yeah. well, God, you yeah. know, they've come to this level now. If they can't absolutely walk this league, then what's going yeah. on? Which is, but then all, all, all the relegated teams will be of that same same mindset, won't they? They'll all expect to bounce straight back again. Yeah. So it's not going to be easy by any means. No. no. But he says, long, as long as they're up there, you know, say come around Christmas, they're up in the top three, something like that, then obviously then it's all to fight for, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I think, I think it's, what's interesting is the fact that we've got so many local, local derbies. They're always going to be difficult yeah. games, you know. Yeah. Okay, we've got the two. Truro is going to be a difficult one. You never go, I'll tell you now, you never ever go down to have it in Waterlooville and get an easy game or Hemel Hempstead. You know, um, you know Hemel Hempstead's run run by a family that, that do pile quite a lot of money into their players. So, um, hard place to go to. Dartford again, you know, Chippenham games. Chel- Chelmsford's a hard place to go to. You know, and then you've got the, you, all your local derbies the Bath game, the Weymouth game, the, the Torquay games. Huge, huge games. Yeah. You know, so it's yeah. going to be an exciting season, really. And something like Tom says, you know, if they're around Christmas time, around the top three, top four, something they can push with. And then Mark will obviously then know where he might need, need to strengthen. But it's really important that they do get a good start, you know, because then the confidence will come. We don't want to be sort of thinking, oh, you know, there goes another game where we haven't, you know, got enough points and uh, we really need to I be know. on it right for the word go. Yeah, and I know strikers are obviously always important at every level, but there's always a couple of strikers in there at low leagues that can get, like, I know this is sound silly now, but 35, 40 goals. Yeah. There's always a few of those. Yeah. They're, the, they're the key to, to you know, um, thriving at this level is, is having someone who is going to do something like that for you. Would be yeah, and you don't know, I guess, Tommy, as, as well, that it's easy to forget that you, you know, as a fan, you're constantly looking at the transfer business now when you're at this stage of the season but I guess that there's a shout for you know the the players that Yeovil have on their books uh, Jordan Young and Malachi Linton for example might found, find their level now and start to get yeah. up there within the goals and you might actually have a unit there that's all, already equipped and ready to go yeah 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 exactly like you said it's, it's dropping down a level you know they should, that little bit of extra speed that little bit of uh, thought you know the first thought uh, a little bit of movement. So it's, it's a valuable first few seconds, first yard. You know, you're just a little bit quicker off the mark. You know, your brain just works a little bit quicker than some being of these players. Full, being full time a factor still as well. Yeah, you'd expect. Of course. Yeah, definitely, 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 <laughs> definitely. 
you know, things like travel to games. I know uh, you know the majority might not be as far as some of the games they've had to travel in the past, but you know the way you can look after yourself, the time you've got to to unwind and relax, as opposed to you know people like ourselves getting up and going to work and doing a full day and juggling wages or whatever the case they might be. Yeah, it's, it's a huge factor, huge factor. Okay, I think it's time. I think it's time to talk about. Dun, one dun, of the dun. other games that happened over the weekend, which is, of course, oh, the no, CFA Cup penalty, final. Penalties, to believe oh, that, well, yeah, we'll get to that. There is also some uh, some good action in Belgium as well, where three different teams could have won the league in the last five minutes. But I think we're going to have to talk about Wembley, aren't we? Because, Aid, I'm going to throw it to you first. Because oh, thanks. I'm ass- because I'm assuming that... You wanted Tommy White on this episode in particular was to form a sort of support group, was it? Is that why? Is that why Tom's here and just to kind of that little extra cushion for the chat well, that's about to come? Put um, it this way, I, I, I know Manchester City winning. I know he's leaning in the right direction, shall we say? But um, <laughs> what can I say? Um, I suppose you know I'm I am always the eternal optimist and. It doesn't matter what the situation is. I will always try and find, uh, you know, something positive to try and find. In that out case, about. age, you kept it nice and tight for eleven seconds. Yeah, we did, didn't we? I mean, any <laughs> well, any plans that that Eric might have installed were right out the window after twelve seconds, which is just unbelievable. I mean, hell of a goal, but uh, you know, for God's sake, I mean, it just just unbelievable, really. That was, but um. As for the penalty, well, it was a penalty, no matter what. Okay, maybe it's a stupid rule, but at the end of the day, the law is that is the law, so you, you have to stick to it. So I don't know why everybody got so worked up about it. If they want to change the law, change the law. Don't don't moan about the thing happening you know, when it's already in place. Um, but I thought United generally were, were bang average, uh, I've got to be honest, and say, um, in particular, I mean, De Gea, how he couldn't stop that second goal, I honestly don't know. Um, I thought Ericsson was very poor. I thought Sancho was very poor. Um, Fred was Fred, I suppose. All you can say about him, really. Um, but you know, it was it was a very disappointing. Age. What about Wambasaka? The way he chopped down Grealish to get that yellow card—that mm. was disgusting. Mm, Filthy animal. Ah oh, no, goes on all the time, doesn't it? Oh, it does around Jack. Oh, yeah. it must have been a gust of wind. Yeah. But um, but at the end of the day, uh, maybe maybe with just a little bit of luck, they could have scored right at the end. I mean, they hit the woodwork and what have you, but uh, it wasn't to be. And uh, I'm I'm totally switched my allegiance now to Inter Milan because uh, you know it cannot happen. I'm sorry, it just cannot happen. But um, you know, I don't know. You just look look back on the game and it, you know, the whole thing was sort of. You know, I was full of beans at the start, and then 12 seconds later, I'm in the pits. It, it was just unreal, really, to, to, to concede a goal like that. You, you took everybody by surprise, didn't it, really? The whole thing did. But, you know, what did you think, Rick? I think we should hear what Tom White has to say. All right, mm. bottle out there. Well, to be honest, <laughs> I, I, I pretty much agree. And you know, is named players there, and I, I'd probably go along the same lines as who were disappointed. Sancho's. He just seemed clueless when he got squared up one-on-one with someone. He, he didn't like have uh, an idea what to do, and he almost was petrified of Carl Walker, it seemed. 
Ericsson looks off it. He hasn't looked that fit or sharp recently. Casemiro died to death. His legs ran out. He, he gave up. Um, De Gea, on a second goal in particular, he hasn't moved his feet as the ball's transferred around the area. He hasn't. The goalies usually have like a small arc. So if you drew an arc from post to post, a goalie will. That's his foot movement is around that arc, and you can see he hasn't moved his feet at all. So he probably couldn't see it, but that's because he hasn't moved. So he, he was obviously terrible for that. Although in general, he's had a good season, I suppose. Um, Juan Bissaka did well. I mean, Jack Reeves did play well. Uh, but uh, I think what you've got to remember is it's Man City. I mean, before the game, I was thinking, I'll be honest, if, if you gave me money to have a free charity bet, I would have bet Man City 4-0. That's what I was thinking in my head before the game. And I, I am a positive person, majorly, but I'm a realist as well. And holding Man City to a 2-1, I know that sounds ridiculous to say it's a cup final and we've lost, but it's not that bad. Um, honestly, I know that sounds ridiculous thing to say, but it wasn't a good game. Yes, Garnacho come on and looked lively, and we, we could have maybe took it to extra time with with a lot of luck. Um, we wouldn't have necessarily deserved it. Um, Would you have started with Garnacho? Well, it's easy in hindsight, isn't it? Um, it depends how fit he is or was. Um, you know, he strikes me as better as an impact player. I guess that's the the issue he, he would yeah, have he's had. Yeah, he's young, inexperienced, but he's been injured, and he? he he's only come back. I mean, he's been two or three games towards the end of the season, so I don't know how fit he is. Um, you know, and in fairness, if he'd have started, it might have been the other way round, and, and Sancho would come on and look lively. I, I don't know, but Sancho's not doing it for me at all at the moment. Well, not ever actually. Um, so we need to. I think Garnacho deserves a good crack next season, but I think if we do sign a front man, that'll free Rashford up to maybe get a bit more um, time out wide somewhere. And um, yeah, uh, on to next season. Like I said, for me as a Man United fan, it's not a bad season. We've won a cup and we've qualified for the Champions League. That's not bad. You know, we've got to be realistic. We're not we're not the main boys at the moment. So I'm happy with that. Well, is that is that the problem? And Rick, I am going to throw it to you, I'm afraid. But um, we've, we've touched on it before. It's more of a general point. The fact that like Tom says there, even as supporters, if it was anybody that was playing Manchester City, you come away with a defeat and go, oh, maybe that wasn't so bad. And that's that's just the problem and the reality of where we are at the moment because of what Manchester City are, both on and off the pitch. Cheats. Yeah, because inevitably, you know what I'm going to bang on about. Well, yeah, but it's, it's, until, it's a valid point, isn't it? Until Until that situation is sorted... Everything that they've won has an asterisk next to it, whether they like it or not, because it's under question. It's like, uh, who's your favourite Olympic gold medalist? Oh, Ben Johnson. Do you like the fact he ran fast, or uh, would you prefer Usain Bolt doing it? And I bore myself with it, to be honest with you, but it's, it's quite. I was quite anaesthetised to the whole game because it didn't really matter, because if City go, do go on and do their treble... As far as I know, my, it's my opinion is my opinion. It only matters to me. But it's totally discredited until they can prove their innocence. And it doesn't really count. It doesn't matter. United are still... United will always be the first team to do it. They'll always be the team that did it without that extra burden of having broken the financial rules 115 times. Rick, I know this but, is probably easy for me to say, but is there any part of you that kind of would like to see City win the treble, and bear with me here, because then if they are guilty down the line, then they've got more to yeah. lose. And it's and it's inevitable at some stage, the way 
the way that they're being allowed to get away with things that it was going to happen sooner or later anyway. But it's not just because it's as a United supporter, it's sort of like it's it's really annoying because it's your biggest rivals. You got to remember uh, the, the when United did the completed the uh, the treble in '99. That same day, City were securing promotion from League One, and that's where the that, that's probably where they where, where they should be on their own merits. So I don't, don't want PSG to win it. I don't want Newcastle to win it now. I don't want didn't want Chelsea to win it when they won it. I don't want City to win it because they're not proper football clubs. And it depends what you want. I get what Thorpe's point of view that he said the other week, and it's the same as Alan Shearer was on Match of the Day. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's superb football. It's football the like of which we probably haven't seen before. Go and watch the Ireland Globetrotters. It's, it, to my mind, it, it's that. It's not competitive. It's not sport for sport's sake. And they didn't actually play that well on Saturday. You could argue they didn't have to. But it's just, I don't know. It's the wrong well, again, the argument there is Man United didn't let them and they didn't let Man United. Do you know what I mean? So they, like, Man United didn't play well, but they nullified Man City well. They, yeah, I mean, I was lucky enough to be um, playing cricket at the time, so I missed most of it. Saw the first 13 seconds and sort of lost interest. Mm-hmm. In it. <laughs> but I mean, I'm boring myself with it now. I'm sure nobody wants to hear me whinging on about 115 charges. Well, well Thorpe, t- you've got, Thorpe's got his hand up. Can you, you, you can understand the frustration of Rick and every uh, other supporter, no, as well as how good Manchester City have been supporters. at the moment. Yeah. Liverpool, no. Liverpool missed out on yeah. when their team, this their team they've got now, was at the peak of that. The, the season before Liverpool won the Premier League, they were a better team, and they didn't get it because of this financially doped institution was allowed to beat them. How do you feel about that? Do you want to take it? Well, I, I, I basically wanted to see uh, Liverpool create a squad that that, that compete with, with them. You know, I, I sort of see it. Um, I can't influence in any way, shape, or form what's being done to our, these football clubs with the amount of money they've got and what they can spend. Right? I can't personally influence. So, as a as a supporter, you know, look as a, as a football, um, that how much I love football. I, I love to see great football, and they play great football, and I think they've got an amazing squad, which I've talked about. How they get that, I don't know. I want I want to see Liverpool get a squad now that can compete. With them, which they did a few seasons back by beating them in, you know, the Champions League as well as in the league, you know, and and see whether we can topple them. But but wouldn't you like a proper level playing field, Thorpe? Wouldn't you you prefer that to be? Why should Liverpool? Why should United? Why should Arsenal have to compete against someone who is cheating? Yeah, it should all be. It should all be the same. uh, uh, We'll go over old ground. This has been going on with Real Madrid, Barcelona, Italy. You know, over in Italy and other places. This has been going on long, and they didn't always win. So I want to see our teams compete and build a squad as good as what what they can do and bring it off there. And I, my, listen, they've made they have made some you know whichever way you want to look at it. As soon as they get on the football pitch, they've still got to perform. When the Galacticos were were, were formed, you know, with spending far more global money than, than than ever they really should have been doing, they still didn't win everything. And that's what I want to see us do, compete and sort of say, actually, you don't need to spend that because you ain't winning it all the time. 
you know, they, they've made some really fantastic sides look very, very ordinary. That's what makes makes them, you know, uh, looks like they're going to get the treble. My question to you, Man United fans, is what do you look, look at upon on a different? Is what I was going to ask. Look at it on a different. Forget about what they spent and how they. What do you want to see Man United do to actually make them compete so that they can beat them? Forget right, about all that, because can't, you can't, none of us can influence that. Only the FA could do their, you know, I've, sit on the fence because they're absolute idiotic, uh, you know, uh, they should be dealing with it now, get it out of the way. But what I do you think, want to see Man United I think, do? I think, um, I think we've, to be honest, I think we've started it by getting Ten Hag in. I think that is a start. We need to give yeah. him time and we yeah. need to believe and trust in him because I know we're all <clears throat> talking about Man City and money, um, but I know they obviously it's within the realm, so you know, I'm just saying, but they don't outspend Man United or Liverpool or Chelsea massively. They don't outpay wages than any of those no. three clubs. I know they're a, oh, they a smaller club. They're a smaller club. Yeah. No, they're not. Their wages are not higher than Man United or what, Chelsea. You, what's the Haaland deal worth? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to go into that just because I ain't got figures in front of me and I can't Three, pull up. But... 365 million quid that transfer's costing Manchester City. Yeah. What did what did Ronaldo cost, cost uh, Man United? Yeah, yeah. It, it was what he was half a million a week, wasn't it? At least. Well, so that's what, 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 what I mean. Yeah, so, what, did he, what did he cost? Well, my point, um, my point is going on team, right the way it cost football, wasn't it? As a team on the pitch, when you even now, if you look at Man City, you know, even their squad at the weekend, Akanji, yeah, he's all right, obviously, and he's looked good. Gundogan looked a million dollars. David Silva has looked mint at times, but some of these players. We're massively well known before going to Man City. No. Rodri no. was good, but yeah. who knew? You know, John Stones. People knew about him. Didn't nobody really took him? Um, you know, Alcaraz. People could have took him. There's players. Mahrez. He was at Leicester. Yeah, he was a good player. But you know, so okay. it, it ain't just the players. It's, it's got to be. And this is why I talk about Ten Hag. This is why it's got to be the way that Pep is training them and yeah. instilling into them a way of yeah. playing, a desire to win the ball back and the desire to win that they have. Now, we need to trust Ten Hag is trying to acquire those types of players so that we can compete with Man City because at the minute, they are, without doubt, the best team in the world, without doubt. And for us to get near them, to go back to your question, 4P, yes, we need... Um, see, it's a tricky one. For right-back, you look at right-back, you've got Wan-Bissaka and Dallow. Now, are they good? Yeah, they're all right. Are they going to make you win the Champions League? I don't think so. Not personally. Well, let, can I say something on that one? Wambasaka's right got some of the best figures. Yeah. In in yeah. European football. Yeah. Yeah, and I since, know. Since the World Cup, he's been a different player. Yeah. 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 To be fair, his attacking game has come on. He leaps and bangs, and he has looked a lot better against weaker opposition. But sometimes against the better opposition, you don't see a lot from him. But, but um, his level of performance is there. Got, he's got the best. Yeah. Tommy's got the best figures in European football at right back. Uh, yeah. What about what about? Not. I bet he has it for goal for assists. More of a general point though, boys. It's the the issue. I was listening to a podcast earlier on the Athletic, and I don't know why I was listening to it because it was all about Manchester United. But I found myself twenty minutes in, and then I had to just listen to the end. But. They were basically saying that they've got the situation that most clubs have got now where, OK, there's a takeover situation that may or may not change things. But they said that Man United might not necessarily be able to buy more than two players this summer because that's what every every situation 
clubs would finance that, yeah, yeah. It would that what be they because they're, uh, they're complying with the financial fair play? Rule. Well, yeah, but this gets to my overall point that, yeah. like you said, the, the biggest transfer, for you like, will have to be Ten Hag in terms of actually trying to coach what you've got. And it's not just going to be Manchester United in that situation. It's going to be everybody, and everyone's going to be too far behind the eight ball now, which yeah, he's is got, he's got a Manchester City. I think it's clear Martial needs to go, and he's on fair money. Um, so we get rid of, you know, people like him, um, Sabitzer. Do we want to sign him or not? I think him and Ericsson are too well, similar. Hi. Nah, him and Ericsson are too similar. If if we sign Mount, even if even if you do a um, a fire sale, I don't know. I don't quite know how it works. It's well, need Adam here for this question, but. Am I right in thinking that doesn't necessarily mean you can spend all the profit that same summer for those that you've shipped out? I think you've still no, got to depend on the level of your. You've still got to, You've still got to wait. So you yeah, could sell fine. all your fringe players, but you still might not necessarily be able to bring. A as lot an example, of De Gea. De Gea's on a, a big money, but they're talking about obviously offering him less money, so he'll come down in money, which would free up more wages elsewhere. If that I think he'll go happen. after his performance on Saturday. Well, or or that, yeah. Or, or would, would you and, like to see it? Would you like to see him go? Because at, at nineteen yeah. and a half million a year, he's your yeah. top top paid that's player. I mean. Yeah, that's what I mean. I'd like is to see not, him go is, because is, I think he's not... he's been responsible for some howlers lately, and uh, yeah. you know he's. I mean, yeah, look, I look at the, the, the Europa League Henderson, final. He's only on loan, isn't he? At Forest still, he's only on yeah. loan. Yeah, but yeah, if you if you go back to the too. Europa League final, you know he he faced. Uh, I don't know how many penalties it was in, about 10, I think, wasn't it, from memory? Um, but he had a piece of paper telling him which side to go. He totally ignored it and let the whole bloody lot in. You know, that's just one trophy that we maybe could have won. But he didn't. And, and you know, he, I just can't believe that uh, Gundelen could go along and, and take that second volley in and just put it in. like, And he hardly moved. I mean, no, it's just, he's got to go. But the thing that gets me more than anything else is with this Manchester City thing. Yeah, you know, you can talk about all the players and, and all the rest of it. And, and yes, you can't really blame the players individually for what's going on. You've got to blame the management of the club and the owners of the club because they're the ones that made those sort of players don't get involved in that at all. And and I think that, 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 that FIFA and Europa, Europa you want to call it Europa? Europa? UEFA. UEFA, that's it. Um, they they have got a responsibility to get this sorted now. Not next year or the year after. And I don't care how many lawyers they pull in. Surely FIFA have got more money that they can put, yeah, the put on the case. The trouble is there's existing rules. And the only reason Manchester City, they didn't overturn it. But they, had, they were found guilty and had a two-year ban. They managed to get that overturned because it, that UEFA ran out of time. Their own rules said that they had a five-year window in order to do it. And the decision wasn't made until outside of that window. So City got off on a technicality. They still were guilty and still paid a fine for their obstructive uh, tactics with the legal team during that situation, which obviously is exactly the same thing that they're going to try and do with the Premier League Premier League now, but it isn't yeah, just United. It's it shocking. It, it's just and it, the it's thing just, is, it, well, yeah, it affects, it affects it, the teams that come fifth. Man should be in the Champions yeah, League. And yeah, also, vice versa. Also, it affects the Premier League because that's when it will affect FIFA and not FIFA, the FA, because their product is becoming boring. 
and it won't be the celebrate competitive league all around the world because they're letting one team run away. I don't think there's anything that we can do about it because I'm not really that convinced that they're going to be found guilty of anything anyway, in which case, as a rule, we'll just have to... You can only only accept the verdict, can't you? That's all you can do. Yeah, but surely, surely whoever has brought the charges, is it UEFA have brought the charges, they're not going to bring 115 separate, you know, uh, cases without having... You know, they would 115. It's not like two or three. 115 times they've broken the rules, and I never, I, I, I kind of put it to the back of my mind all the time up until 12 seconds into the game because I was sort of <laughs> sadly thinking to myself, "We're going to win this today," but as soon as that went in, I knew down well we weren't. But it's just, it's just shocking that they. That, well, let's let 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 let's move away. Let's move away because otherwise the listeners are just going to hear us saying 115 podcast after podcast after podcast. We get it. They get it. Hopefully, something will. May not are building a team. Yeah, let's let's. We let's, want runners up spot. Well, <laughs> next next on my on my list here isn't necessarily football. You could call it because I want to touch on it's the Rose. The well, the English grammar. On, I want to touch on the Europa League final because um, I don't know if any of you boys watched it at all, but it was an absolute slog, yeah. which were you going to expect anything else with Jose at the helm? But it didn't work. And as what always happens in the Europa League, Seville always win. And Thorpe, yep. I'll come to you on this one. Yeah, it, It's such a bizarre one because Seville are not a team that I don't think they've won the Spanish League since the 40s. But since the year 2000, they have seven European titles, albeit the Europa League. But that's still some going. and doesn't really make any sense, does it? Uh, I think they just... Uh, uh, realistically, I don't know. The fact of the matter is, they, they're a very well-run football club. And um, they just happen to have a, a niche on the European Europa Cup, don't they? So, um, you know, they, they nullified Roma, to be fair... He didn't like it. He was getting more and more wound up uh, as the game went on. And um, did you yeah, see? Just... Did you see Jose confronting Anthony Taylor in the car park? Yeah, this thought, was do, old do you know school what? Jose. Do, do, yeah, do you know what I thought he was at? Personally, I thought it was a disgrace. Um, I think he he should be given a bigger ban. Personally, um, that the club should control. I don't think the police did a very good job in looking after. Um, the guy because they knew there was going to be trouble afterwards, you know. So it's uh, in know, fairness, severe. That was a penalty. I don't know why that was overturned. That penalty. I can't on on our campus. I couldn't believe that they gave a penalty. Yeah. It looked a penalty, and they overturned it. I could not believe it. Yeah, they should have won it in normal time anyway. Severe. They were the better team. Roma got a goal. You know, Dybala on the break a little bit, and then they tried to defend it. I think no. that's what made it even more strange is the fact that if you actually look at the decisions on merit, you would think that it was actually yeah. Roma that yeah. got more of the decisions yeah. going their favour. Absolutely. Yeah. But you let's know, face it, Seville wouldn't have won as many as they had if David De Gea wasn't so bloody awful at penalties. Uh, yeah. it, 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 well, it was Villarreal, so, wasn't it? Yeah. Rather than Sevilla? Uh, yeah, the maybe. Year before, the year before uh, the Sevilla, we were... Yeah, this you know, was, no, the, go, going back to the penalty that the, you know in, in the final the one that he, he lost his rag. I mean, the VAR clearly showed he was a yard off his line. He was already stepped forward to to close down the penalty. Well, he knows every single 
uh, goalkeeper in the land knows that if you come in a fraction off that line, that penalty is now going to be retaken because VAR is there and they see it right down to the last you know millimetre. What do you, what do you make of that rule as a whole thought? Because I understand the reason behind it. Because if you look back and Liverpool have benefited this, if you actually look at the 2005 yeah. final, I mean, Dudek was practically shaking yeah. hands with Pirlo. I'm getting that in before Rick does. Um, but there's been other examples as well. I think when I think they referenced it in the game that when Sevilla won it in 2014, the goalkeeper was practically shaking hands with the penalty taker look, as he was saving them. Look, but surely I, there's got to be some sort of allowance because you're not just going to dive straight on a line, line, are you? They're, they're going to have a one-yard box soon and they can stay in that. <laughs> so, look, I mean, you listen. joke, but that would actually make sense, wouldn't it, for, like, penalties? <laughs> well, listen, yeah, but then, they, then we, they, then we they, step they, across they that line. From, if they gave them, like, a half a yard to get off the line, to, to, because, like, play, goalkeepers can't physically uh, generate the power to get right across to the corners unless they move, because your body, the mechanics just doesn't yeah, work. Yeah, you can't dive but, in a straight line, can you? But, like... but I will say something. Ever since I started okay. playing, playing football, which is a bloody long time, right, um, when it was all in black and white, that rule was still in place. You know, you cannot move off your line. But goalkeepers did got away with it, made saves, made them look good. You know, Steve would go... So, so if you're going to keep tampering with the rules... ...of two feet does not allow you to get the power to get across to the... To, to, uh, you know, because you've got to be in a certain position to, to generate that power to get across the line. So I actually don't think a little section, maybe one foot off the line, is, is much to ask. But I don't think that's not too bad. I mean, it sounds stupid, but... Because it's a law change, isn't it? So if they're going to change it, change it, and then we'll all go with it. Well, the trouble is, if you're going to keep changing the rules, a penalty suddenly... It's not a penalty, or at least... You know, it's the not whole idea of a penalty yeah. was is yeah. it's more or less a certain yeah, goal, yeah. isn't it? More or less. You're going to get the odd one or two, but it should be a yeah, certain goal. 78% chance of scoring on a penalty at time. But, yeah. but then, but then, Aidy, if you look at it, that was back when penalties were given for blatant fouls, blatant ambles, blatant fouls. Now they're being given for, yeah. you know, crappy ambles. Well, maybe, maybe they should go back yeah. to square one and, and scrap all these variations and just stick to the, the rules as they were 30 years ago or whatever. You know, Apart from the back pass. Well, yeah, I, I don't know how far do you go, but it, it just seems to me that a penalty was supposed to be near as damn it, as Rick said, a, a, you know, a goal. And, and now we're mucking about, we're changing the rules, you can't move, you can't stand on your line, you can't do any bloody thing. It's crazy. I don't know about you, don't about you Thorpe, but I've got a 100% record from penalties. How many have you taken? <laughs> no, no. Save here. Save here. 100%. 100%. percent not taking any. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Definitely. Well, let me shoehorn that in to a player who does take penalties, which is Harry Kane, because we spoke last week about the likelihood that he'll probably stay at Spurs, at least for now until his contract runs out. But you would have seen that Benzema has kind of shocked Real Madrid, I think, because I don't think they were expecting him to announce that he was going to go if an offer came in this summer. I think they were going to offer him a one-year deal when he said, no, no, I fancy a little bit of the Saudi sun. Um, but is this going to change the dynamic now? Because, yes, we, we've, spoke, we've spoken about 
the fact that Kane would like to obviously break the record, etc. But if a huge bid was actually to come in for him from Madrid and Spain, he would he would have a decision to make, wouldn't he? Yes. He'd have a decision to make, but I, I don't think he would. I still don't think he. he got, what's he got? Three kids and one on the way? Um, I don't think he goes. Um, I just wondered if that might change the dynamic at all. Yeah. I don't think Real Madrid either. That's not what they're looking for as well. I think they want younger players as well. Like they've obviously signed Bellingham. Uh, they got Vinicius if they manage to keep hold of him. Um, they might find a swap deal with Mbappe. You never know. Um, I don't know. I think Real Madrid are looking for younger players um, and keep them for five years or so. Haaland? Personally. Possibly. I know it's Possibly. been touted, but like I say, I don't think they were expecting... Haaland goes to Man City. Yeah, they weren't expecting... Um, like I say, Benzema to leave now, so I just wondered if it might yeah. just shift everything up a little bit. Could be well do. Man City can balance the books. A certain, <laughs> a certain, anything in Buckley's got to move, isn't he? I mean, he's getting no accreditation for being, yeah. being at, at, being at uh, Paris Saint-Germain. Could be joined by Jose, yeah. apparently. Well, I, I, I think he needs to move. He's got, he's got no credit, you know, he's the best player in the world. What, PSG? Doesn't do it for me. Well, Messi, Messi's off, test- isn't he? And apparently Neymar wants to move as well. So presumably they wouldn't lose all three of them because I just can't well, see that happening. They brought, yeah. they brought all these players in to win to win the European Cup or the Champions League, right? So that ain't happened and that ain't never going to happen. So might as well ca- cash them in, get your money back and then start afresh with, with, with players who want to work a bit harder. Because, you know, the, those players, when you actually see... A little bit of French. I don't. I don't drift too much into it because it's really quite boring at times. But um, you know, when you see them, they, they, their work rate is absolutely very poor, very very poor. You know, and then they don't do any defending whatsoever. You know, so actually they'd probably be better off with players who want to work harder on less money, and and they'll get more out of out of, out of the uh, work rate out of those um, supposedly lesser players. You know, you got with Seville. Why have they won so much? Have you seen their work rate? Have you seen their closing down? They're they're a really well drilled side, and to be honest, with you Roma couldn't deal with them, you know. And um, they had a little surprise up there, these with a little bit of formation change, and it to me it really well worked. And I think it, 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 everybody's right; they, they should have won in full time. But Harry Kane's going to Man United. He is well. I think that would be a good move for him. I certainly do think you know. Then then that the real. That that would make them really other people. He's really guaranteed. Like, I was chatting to my son about this, and he was like, "Oh, I reckon we should have Osramani from um, from Napoli." I'm like, "You're ten hag, Harry Kane is guaranteeing you twenty, twenty-five, yeah. possibly thirty goals yeah. next season. Who do you sign? Your job's yeah. on the line. Who do you sign? Yeah, you sign Tell Kane. If, you if, you're only, if, if you're only if you're only allowed one signing and one signing only, Kane. And it was Kane. You'd be more than happy with that. Um, if if yeah, I think you've got to be. If if, if he's and I know. There's I appreciate no it's a loaded team, question, but, but you get my point. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, I'd have to say yeah. I mean, it's probably not. It's not that glitzy because Kane's been around for a while, and we all know what he can do. But will he shirt, sell shirts? Yeah. Is he going to score you twenty goals provided he stays fit? Easy. Do you know what I mean? So. You know, what would an extra 20 goals do for Man United this season? Probably puts us second. I mean, globally, <laughs> shirt signs and and names on back. Champions League every year. Yeah. We're Champions League every year with Kane in the side. Yeah. Every year. 
I think your global shirt sales are probably hit probably hundred yeah. million. You know, so when so, you actually... I know it, it's not that glitzy to us because he's English and we know all about him. But he's goals. He's a goal machine in a crap Tottenham team who I've seen live and they are poor by the way. In a I t- would be concerned as a Liverpool fan if United got Kane, I'd be like, Of course, oh, yes. course we would that's changed I mean, things. You've you got to remember, lads, he, he, is, he is one of the top strikers in the world. Yeah, probably the. He's him and Ireland, and yeah. I'd rather probably have Kane, if I'm honest, at the moment, as an individual player. I mean, what did Holland do, really, at the weekend? I cut the matter. All right, he was a bit, bit, bit of a nuisance for some headers, but, you know, we had one little breakaway where Rand managed to just tackle him right at the end. But apart from that, he wasn't, like, exceptional, was he? And what you've got to remember as well with, with uh, Kane as well is assist is right up there as well. Exactly. That's what I mean. Rashford running off him, you know? Yeah. So I think that that... I mean, I Rashford and Garnaccio running off him with Fernandez's, you know, ball playing and Casemiro, Ericsson when he's on, Pelestri, if he develops, comes on a little bit. I certainly you know? think if you've, got, if you've got Kane and you redeveloped your midfield, because I don't yeah. think it's strong enough, you know... Martinez and, uh, comes back fit. Varane stays fit. You, you get rid of De Gea and you get rid of Maguire and a few the, the other. Kane and Goldman. You know, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Uh, you know, the, the, he's then, got precedent. Then, 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 then like uh, you, you could be pulling some money back in, and also you could be a force to be reckoned with for sure. Go on, Rick. What are you saying, Rick? Uh, Kane won't go anywhere this summer. Ooh. He'll run his contract down at Spurs. Move to United. Do you think it'll be? Do you think it'll be a bidding war? Like, well, not a bidding war, but a contract offer war next summer. It's a similar situation to right now. Where can he go in England? He wants to stay in England. He's after Shearer's record, without a shadow of a doubt. He can get that. What's he, what's he achieving by staying at, at Spurs? Yeah, yeah. But he will absolutely he, nothing. It's not going to do it next season, Thorpe. So he'll he'll stay there because um, family settled. Yeah. And, and Spurs will want too much money for a player. In Rick, the last maybe year. maybe Ange Postacoglu will change all that. Yeah, <laughs> as it looks like the Celtic manager is all but signed. He is signed now, apparently, and I think that Spurs have done well there because, that, to my mind, that's a downgrade for him. To Do they'll bring a few. They'll bring a few Celtic players with him. Quite possibly, but Joe I'm, Hart. <laughs> that furry ass, that striker. He wants to bring that striker, and he wants to get yeah. some money for King. So all the can... noises, all the noises that the Spurs fans are making about him not being glamorous, being too old, being wet, this, being that, or whatever, end up being the right choice. Are exactly the same comments that Celtic fans were making before he took that job. Yeah, yeah. And look at the job he's done up there. He's uh, Spurs. In fairness, got... though, in fairness, I mean, he did apparently do they do play quite attractive football, but Celtic have yeah, the biggest budget. Football. They have the biggest budget in the league, so they should win it. Yeah, of course they should. I tell, you, I tell you what is, I tell you what is good is single-mindedness. Yeah, you know, won't take any that, yeah. I, I think that that's exactly what uh, Tottenham need. And Certainly, it doesn't look like a guy I'd want to mess with. I've seen a couple of his snappy interviews as well. I wouldn't want to be a reporter yeah. working on Spurs. I don't yeah. think. <laughs> and I, I don't think he cares who you are. So watch out, owners, because you know he won't. I don't think he mixes his words. And I, and I think that he'll, 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 he'll definitely want some money. He'll get Tottenham back into that Euro European Conference League. He'll get them back in that top half. <laughs> Definitely. No relegation well, that... for Spurs this season. <laughs> if he gets European football next year, that's got to be progression for the club because they, they were ranked this year. Absolutely ranked. 
Adi, you're gonna have to. Adi's gonna have to get used to pronouncing his surname because we'll probably be on the referred to on the podcast a lot next season. Have a go at now, Adi. Have a go at now, Adi. What's his name? You're on mute. Shall I am. <laughs> yeah. What, what's his name? What's his name, eh? Um, uh, I don't know. Ange. Ange. Yeah. Ange. And Angie. Yeah. Yeah. Angie. <laughs> Big Ange. <laughs> Yeah, big Ange. But I was obviously the reason I didn't get any reaction because I was on on mute. But it's yeah. all very well going on about Harry Kane. But at the end of the day, if Daniel Levy doesn't want him to go, the only way he's going to get out, he's going to have to go on strike or whatever and try. Well, he won't He'll see his contract out, mate. Absolutely. 100%. And he won't want to be seen exactly because he won't want to be seen agitating and really coming on heavy to get out because he's got this sort of image that he's built up at Spurs that he's the ultimate professional, which he is, um, and he's done a you know, he's done a good job there. But I don't think he would want to leave Spurs under a cloud. He would want to say, Well, look, I've given you all these years, please let me go and Daniel Levy say, Yeah, okay, you have, you can go. And that ain't gonna happen. And then he can do a Robin Van Persie. Yeah. And you know it needs to do a deal where they say we're gonna pay you this, but if we win the Premier League we'll pay you this. Oh, they will. That'll be part of it. It's, but, it's, yeah. part of the, it's part of the problem for Spurs that, like, when you compare it to Brighton, who I know are a bit of a one-off because they do things, they're just getting it so right at the moment. But Tottenham have not done any planning whatsoever for when Kane and Son leave. Like, they're second strikers. They always bring him on loan for a season. That's literally it. So if he was to go, there's no plan. No plan if he at gets all. If he gets Ange might, Ange might have one. And might have one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just I'm just reading this. They've they've agreed a two year contract. Now that that to me doesn't breathe confidence in uh, in the guy you're getting if you're just giving him a two. Saves contract. a big payout in October, doesn't it? Mm. Well, well, talking about big payouts, we're two minutes over, which I've we got so engrossed in all this that uh, I haven't been looking at the clock. So there you go. Don't, so don't we... cut eighty saying reinstigate. Hmm. <laughs> Could we reinstigate those two minutes? Yeah, yeah. Costa Coglu. <laughs> oh, well done. Go at you, a true eh? professional. True. <laughs> well, there we go. Anyway, gentlemen, it would appear that we've got to say goodbye. So, goodbye. Tom, thank you very much for joining us again. Cheers, listeners. Cheers, gentlemen. See you again soon. On episode good 99. Luck on, good luck, good yeah. luck on the 100th edition. Yeah, tune in and have a listen. Rick, thanks for joining us, mate. And, uh, We'll speak to you in two days' time. Uh, <laughs> I was just thinking, if we got we got the hundredth coming up, can I have the definitely be on the hundred and fifteenth? Because I'm boring myself saying it every week. Yeah, <laughs> well, we, we, could, we could have a hundred and fifteenth yeah. special, couldn't we? Yeah, you know. Um, anyway, Paul, thanks for coming on, mate. Once again, My as pleasure. usual. And um, Hilda, thank you. Pleasure, pleasure as always. And uh, that's really it. So all I can say now is. Football? Bloody hell!